there's some unexpected news that you've just received. Maybe you're a little down. Maybe your plans have been changed. Maybe your ambitions have been ruined. Perhaps next year in, in, in some other moments, and really in those moments, you'll initially respond this way with fear. And um, really, when we consider that in fear, we may become troubled by the unknown. And really, that's part of fear, isn't it? Part of fear is this. We, we get to a place where it's unexpected that we didn't plan, and therefore we have no proceeding steps after that. We don't know what to do. No one ever really knows what to do when they, they're faced with a circumstance like that. And, and no doubt Mary and Joseph, they had no idea how to respond initially. And part of that was they were troubled by the unknowns it brought. See, the announcement, uh, although unexpected, it had a very real implication of derailing their plans and, and was actually quite really a troubling one. It was an astounding one. We could look at it now in hindsight and go, boy, it all worked out. But in that moment, they didn't know. In that moment, it was unknown to them. And so, so they, they responded initially in a human response. And, you know, we don't, we don't often view unexpected news any other way than, than it's just bad news. Um, but yet, you, you consider this, you know, even though they, they, were, they were facing an unknown, you understand that the end of it was for their good. The end of it was to be for their making. And, and you know, we often view... Uh, uh, unexpected uh, news and those who come with that message negatively first. Why? Because we don't know what it means for the future. Uh, I know many people, and, and perhaps uh, one of you uh, here, you don't do well with sudden change. A anyone like that? Who likes to be very planned and organized? Just me? Just me and Brother Fred. All right, great. All right, Brother Randy, thank you. Welcome to the club. But you know, I think most people, if you really care to admit it, you like to have things planned out. You like to have things, you know, if you're ever traveling into, uh, into a country or an area that you're, you don't know, you like to look ahead and know what's there, know what's around. And you've ever, if you've ever gone to a situation where you're, you like to have things laid out for you and then something, just even a minor detail becomes, um, becomes changed. I remember a couple of years ago, um, many years ago now, we, were, we took a trip to the U.S., and while we were there, we decided to take a, a bit of time, and we had planned this out, to head over to Toronto where my, my wife had some family. So uh, we were traveling. It's our first time really as a family. We had two young children then. And so we were traveling over, and, and we were in New York. Last evening there, the next day, we were flying one-hour flight over to Toronto. And so here I was, just checking all of the details were correct, what time the flight. You know, I'm a bit like that. Um, I get into this mode when I'm traveling. I just must know. All right? And so I, I checked. I've double-checked. I've triple-checked. I've checked four times now. And it was midnight, around midnight in New York, and I was just looking over that we were traveling in the next day. And I got an email, and it said, your car hire place has closed down. And, you know, we, we had booked this, this vehicle rental um, months or two months in advance just in preparation for that. 
And that suddenly just threw out all our plans. Who's going to pick us up? How are we going to get there? And so, you know, that morning we, we made a quick call um, to another. Uh, actually, I booked another, um, another place. And, and we got there and we got into, the, um, into Toronto. And uh, besides other horrible things that happened to us while we were trying to get into the country, um, we got to the car rental place and the supposed SUV that we had hired was not an SUV. It was a glorified hatchback. All right, and if you've ever traveled with young children, you, have, uh, you know. And if you haven't, you have no idea how much luggage you must bring. All right, and we had so much luggage, we had no hope. We had no hope fitting those in. In, in fact, we compromised, and I think we just did away with the, with the child restraints, and we just wedged our kids between the luggage, all right? And we figured that'll, that'll help, and that'll work, and we eventually got to our place. But it threw us in for a bit of, and it just became unpleasant. It became just uh, horrible, and we didn't know what was going to happen, and we'd never been to, to that place, and we had no idea that, that, that it was going to be that way. And what it was, was there was unknowns that made us uncomfortable. It made us feel uneasy. And these sudden changes at times, it really becomes, an, uh, becomes something that flusters us, and that's really the human response. But then in the midst of that, what happens is our imaginations can easily become our driving reality. And, and suddenly when, when fear and unknowns come into our lives, then those things cause us to have these imaginations. And it can easily become our driving reality. And, and what I'm saying is in these situations, often we can make up our own narrative based on what we, we think, based on what we think we know, and based on what we've seen others go through. And, and what I'm saying is your imaginations can run wild. All of those things can, can uh, cause us to feel uh, troubled. And, and Mary had a sudden choice to make. What was the unknown of this sudden announcement? Was it going to be a change of, uh, and this change of circumstance and this, this change of plan? Was it going to be her undoing or, or her making? And, and when we aren't walking with God like we ought, that's where we stay. When we're going through this, this time and our, our trust is in other things, our trust is in our circumstances, our trust is in our resources, our trust is in our own understanding, then what tends to happen is this, our imaginations take over and can lead us astray. And when we're, we're, uh, we're, we're not walking with God like we ought, we then only have our human responses to rely upon. And there was a situation that, that, that God was trying to demonstrate and in fact try to warn His people in the book of Leviticus where if they were to choose not to follow God, this would happen. And really this is a, this, this is a, a, a reality for us often when we're not walking with God like we ought. We remain in fear. We remain in that human response. And in Leviticus 26.36, I often think of this verse. And upon them that are left alive of you, I will send a faintness into their hearts, into the land of their enemies. And notice this, and the sound of a shaken leaf shall chase them. And they shall flee as fleeing from a sword. And they shall fall when none pursueth. And he's trying to tell them that, you know, if you're not walking and following after me, even your imagination is even the sound of a shaken leaf will cause you to feel troubled. Anything like that that, that that comes about 
You know, you'll be so shaken that there's nothing really to, to worry about. There's nothing really coming after you, but you'll be so troubled that you're going to run like someone's pursuing you. And you know what that is? When we're not walking with God, when we're not following Him, even in our times of trouble and unexpected news, suddenly our imaginations run wild. And guess what? That becomes our driving reality. That's the thing we follow. Instead of following perhaps the voice of God. And the reality is we are often in fear because we rely upon our own understanding and because that's the thing that we have. It's the human response. And Mary and Joseph could have easily and quite naturally decided to allow fear to consume them. And yet, we see here what happened next. Notice here, notice here in, um, in verse 34. Notice here in, in Luke 1, verse 34. So, so, she was troubled at his saying. And notice this, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. She was just trying to understand what was happening. And notice the response the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. And I'm so glad that as you go through the Bible, when people were fearful, but when they were in the will of God and they were following God, so often God's response to them was this, fear not. And aren't you glad this morning that as you go through life, that you have a comforter, you have someone indwelling in you, the Holy Spirit of God, who so often tells you, fear not. Fear not. And here it was, Mary was trying to understand. And notice what she does. Let's get, continue to read here in verse 34. Then said Mary, after uh, she, he announces a bit more detail. Notice here, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And here's the point. Here, here's a helpful reaction. So she had a very human response, but then she also had a helpful reaction. And it was this. She asked. She asked. See, the, the question was asked. But, but here's, the, here's the catch. It was directed at the right source. She didn't just ask the question to the ether. She didn't just ask the question to Google. She didn't just ask a question to just some other human. She didn't just ask uh, the, 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 the thing that, that is irrelevant at that point. No, she asked the one who made that announcement. She asked the one that caused that, that, that allowed that. And what we fail to consider during our times of fear, during our times where, where the unexpected happens, in times when we face unknowns, is that we as believers have someone that does know. We have someone who does know. And here Mary and Joseph had assurances from heavenly beings, yet we have much more than that. We have God. And we have His Word. And we have available access to Him. And, and although we can be surprised, and although we can never know what happens next, God is never surprised. And in 1 Peter 4.12, He tells us, Beloved, think it not strange. Don't be surprised. Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try as though some strange thing happened to you. Don't be surprised. And what he's underpinning that with is this, I am who I am. And, and don't be surprised if our plans go awry. Don't, don't think strange 
when you go through testing circumstances. God in His Word, He's already shown us over and over and over again. You don't know, but I do, He says. So trust me. Ask me the questions. You know, God is not, He's not intimidated by our questions. He's not intimidated by our wanting to know and wanting to understand. You know, I think sometimes we have this idea about God, like if we ask Him about something, He's going to be offended that we don't know. Now, there's some things we ought to know already, but there are many things where God, as He, he steps us through it, actually He's saying, ask. Just ask. And Mary's helpful reaction here this morning is ask. She just asked. And you know, our questions are helpful if we ask the right person. You know, if you, if you want to be a, an, an expert in something, you ask someone who knows. All right? If you wanted to learn the piano, you wouldn't ask me. Okay? You would ask Brother Alton. He'll be more than glad to teach you. No? At a certain price. He will. That's now he's nodding. But, but you, you would go to someone who has some sort of knowledge and expertise in that. You would go to someone who knows. You, you wouldn't just go to someone who is a, a random person and you would hope to, that they would know the answer. No, you go to the authority in that. And, and so understand that, that even in our circumstances of life, that, that is the unknowns, you know whose realm is the unknowns, the secret things of life? They belong to God. And so we can ask the one who knows the secrets, ask the one who knows the, the, the unknowns of life, and Mary's helpful reaction was to ask, our questions are helpful if we ask the right person. See, the question was asked by Mary. And it's, again, it's human to want to understand. However, it's also a danger to remain in our own understanding. And so God says, ask. He said in Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Then verse 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Right? He says, Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Depart from the troubles that, that might come to your life. Depart from those things that are, are going to be contrary to following God. He's saying, Don't be wise in your own eyes. And sometimes the reason we don't ask is this, in our pride, we think we can figure it out. In our pride, we think we'll just endure it through and, and somehow, some way. But you know, God is available. You understand that you can ask Him. In fact, the Bible tells us that, that we ought to ask. See, the danger in remaining in our own understanding is that we're limited and can't quite see God's way. We go through circumstances that, that, uh, that were part of His design, actually. Part of His enabling in our lives to mold us and to shape us and God allowed it into our lives, and we ask every other joy blow, but we won't ask God Himself. And the danger in remaining is that we don't seek God's way. We place ourselves into potential trouble when we lean on our own understanding, so we ought to ask Him. We ought to ask Him these questions. And the trouble, again, is we ask everyone else's opinion before we ever, to go, we ever go to God for the answer. And he says already, Luke 11, 9, in that great chapter, that, that, that model prayer and that great parable about prayer in Luke 11:9. 9, and I say unto you, ask 
and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And the helpful reaction that Mary had was this, she asked. And I wonder if we ask. I wonder if when we go through unexpected uh, situations that trouble us. I wonder when we're facing the unknown and, and perhaps as we think about it, even as we head into a new year, we're already thinking what's to come. I wonder if we would take the time to ask. You know, I, I love that, that hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. One of the most comforting uh, hymns that we sing. And that first verse simply says this, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. He says everything to God in prayer. You know, he says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You know what? We fail to ask. We fail to ask. And, and, and we respond in our humanness. We respond in our humanity. We fear. And the reality is sometimes we stay in our fear. When really we just need to ask. We just need to simply come to God in prayer. And ask Him about the situation that we face. And ask Him how we are to face the unknown. And how many times have we faced an unknown, a changed circumstance, or an unfavorable result, and not know what to do. And God is simply saying, simply waiting, ask. Ask. Pray. He said to us in Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hey, you need help today. It takes a, a bit of admitting. It takes a bit of lowering down and saying, look, I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow, I don't know the direction I need to take. I don't know how to respond to this uh, rightly. Lord, direct me. Lord, perhaps show me in your word. Give me a, a principle. Give me a, a, a passage of scripture I can cling to. Give me something that will direct me today. Help me, Lord. And that's a powerful, powerful prayer. And the helpful reaction that Mary had in this situation was well, she just asked, how can this be? And, and the, the answer comes, and then notice here in verse 38. After the declaration in verse 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Notice verse 38. Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Notice this, be it unto me according to thy word. And what we find lastly is not only was there a human response, not only was there a helpful reaction, but there was a holy resting. She rested in the Lord. And she said this, but it, be it unto me according to thy word. And then the angel departed from her. And, and Mary and Joseph found themselves not completely understanding all that was about to transpire. How could they? You think about that. How could they fully comprehend a virgin birth? How, how can they fully comprehend that the Savior is going to be born through Mary? How could they fully comprehend that, the, that the, the, the eternal God, the Son of God, can be born with human flesh? How do they understand that? How do they understand what had just happened to them? And they don't fully understand. This was impossible about to happen. In fact, they're assured of that. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Uh, in fact, it's never been done before. This was a, not only a, a, a rare, it actually wasn't rare, it was a unique, supernatural uh, happening in their lives. 
It's never been done before. They had no point of reference. They had no one else's experience to point to. Yet in this moment, they could have a a holy resting. And I'm saying this Christmas, you know, your life may not be quite the way you're, you're, you're portraying it to be. You may have fears that you don't dare display for all to see. You may have circumstances that face you in the new year. You may have great trepidations of what tomorrow brings. But I want to assure you, you can rest assured in God's plan and God's enabling in your life. And and we can rest in God's assurance of hope. And we as God's people, we can have a holy resting in Him. And Jesus later on, He says in Matthew chapter 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. If you see the typology of the Sabbath, Jesus is our Sabbath. It's rest. And yet, we see here that we can, firstly, we can rest in God's character. He says, for with God, all things are possible. God's character, God's nature, over and over again has assured them and, and assures us that we can rest in, his, in, in Him. And His Word bears out God's un, un, untainted track record. and he, he is who He says He is, and therefore we can trust Him. Therefore we can rest in Him, and then we can also rest in God's plan. Understand, this was part of God's plan for them. This was part of God's design, and although it differed with, with Mary and Joseph's plan, it, it was God's plan nonetheless. And too many times we... we, we are unadaptable and we don't rest in God's plan. Like we know better than God. And yet he tells us in James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? Even It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say. says, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. And we see later on as the the birth happens in Luke chapter 2, Mary so often ponders it with her heart, those happenings. And what that was, we we just see the the picture of resting in God's plan. Are you resting in God's plan this morning? Do you understand that there's some things that, that God allowed is out of your control? You know what I often say to those who are going through troublous times that that are are were totally out of their control. Is this God allowed you? to be a steward of that trial. And that's part of God's plan, God's making of you. And listen, we we don't like the trouble. We don't like when our our plans don't happen and we don't like the unexpected happening and the unknowns coming toward us. But that's oftentimes part of God's plan. Do you rest in Him? Will you rest in His plan? And then lastly, really quickly, we can rest because of God's Son. And really all about this, you know, we've spoken a lot about Mary and Joseph. But really this story is about the one who will come, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were resting in the promise of God's Son. And what we forget is that the whole point of the circumstance that Mary faced was so Christ could be formed in her. And listen, the unknowns we go through and the ensuing trusting we then must respond with it has the same effect. It's Christ being formed in us. He said in Galatians 4.19, My little children, 
of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. And listen, the ultimate end of the trials and the things that we go through, those unexpected things in our lives, is that we might be more, made more into the image of our dear Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, you know that verse we often quote in Romans chapter 8, verse 28? That whole chapter has to do with trouble and trials. That whole chapter has to do with all of that. And we so often quote Romans 8.28 for anything. We say, you know, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. But we understand that, that that's in the context of trouble. And we forget verse 29. He says, For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed. So that whole idea of foreknowledge and predestination has to do with our conformity, our sanctification to the likeness of Jesus Christ. Conformed to the image of His Son that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. And He's saying there that you might be made more to be like Christ. And listen, that's, our, that's, that's what we need to rest in. You know, I want, to, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. You know, even years and years before, here in this great prophecy of, of the Savior's birth, you ever considered the context of that? Because even way before then, as, as the Bible was foretelling, the prophets were foretelling of Christ's birth, even back then, the, the knowledge of His birth was a comfort. And notice with me here, Isaiah chapter 9. And let's read in verse 1. We'll read down to verse 6. It says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulon, the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nation. So he was, he was uh, speaking about the fact that they were going to go through some hardship, some war. When, when the Bible talks about the Galilee of the nations, Galilee was at a place where really other nations, that was the first, that was their, their point of attack. That's where all the other nations would enter through Galilee and, 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 uh, and cause, uh, uh, try to overtake um, Judah here. And so he's, he's saying that, that those are going to come through. The, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. So he's now going to give them the solution of that. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. So he's saying you're going to go through some time where others will, will, will take advantage of you, will overtake you. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. So he's now starting to foretell about a future victory. He's saying it's going to be like the day of Midian. It's referring to a battle there in, that we find in the book of Judges. So it's going to be like that. For every battle of the warrior with, is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. And then the great promise, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So he's saying there that, you know, as you go through your current trouble, 
look to the fact that one day there's a promised son. And he is going to be your, your counselor, your mighty God, your prince of peace. He's going to be your rest. He's going to be your solution. He's going to be the solution to your trouble. And, and the, the people of, of Judah here, they were facing a conflict. And Isaiah was foretelling of a great victory. And their hope, though, was found in a baby yet to be born. And we just read about him and we know him as the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I'm saying is, this morning, we can have a holy rest in Him. See, our rest is found in looking to Christ's working in our lives. To, to looking to Christ as our hope. At Christ as the Prince of Peace. And we note later in, in Luke chapter 1, as, uh, as, uh, as Mary visits Elizabeth, and, and this is observed of Mary, and blessed is she that believed, in verse 45. Here's what I'm saying. See, when we choose faith over fear, what we find is that Christ is manifested in our lives. You become a living embodiment of true Christianity through the difficulty, the difficult reality of your life. And out of Mary, the Son of God is born, and through Him all of the world's problems and all of the unknowns become solved. Mary simply had faith in her, through her difficult circumstance. And she rested in the, promise of, in the promise of the Son. And church, listen. We, we not only have the promise of the Son, we have the promise of the Savior. And this, this, this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the kind of unexpected news perhaps you, you, just, you just had to go through and endure through the week. I don't know what circumstances you might be facing in the new year during this Christmas season, but I want to implore you. You might have quickly responded with fear. I want to, I want to encourage you, pray, ask, but then rest. Rest in Christ. You know, the, the things that make, uh, make life difficult, the, those things, those unexpected, it, it can sometimes... Uh, become uh, exacerbated by the Christmas season. We can look at everyone else and we can feel like anyway, everyone else is having the time of their lives, they're celebrating, and yet you're going through this difficulty. Can I just, can I just encourage you this morning? Jesus knows. He knows. And, and no one else might know. You might be quietly going through a struggle, but Jesus knows. And don't fear, have faith. Trust in Him and look to Him to be your rest. Let's pray. And Father in heaven, we come before you tonight, uh, this morning. And I just want to thank you, dear Lord, for the, just a great many lessons we can learn, Lord, through the events leading up to the first Christmas. Uh, Lord, we realize that, Lord, as we, go through this season that, Lord, we're all going through it in, in varied circumstances. We're going through it with different levels of, of peace and joy. Lord, there's many, perhaps through the world, who are going through it with great troubles, perhaps even here this morning. And we recognize, dear Lord, that through all of that, 
Lord, you would have us to respond in a way that, that trusts you. And so I pray that you'd help this morning. Help that you'd help us to rest in you, Lord, in, in really the eventuality of it. Help us, Lord, as we take steps through it to ask and to look to you and to seek you. And then, Father, eventually, Lord, as we overcome it, to just rejoice in you. I pray that you'd help us this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. The piano can begin to play. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're just wondering, why did Jesus come? Let me just say this to you this morning. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And my friend, if you're a sinner today, that means you've broken God's law. You've, you've broken it at one point. Then you're a sinner who's lost. Let me just say to you that there's a great danger to that. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin is punishable by death, and that's why death is in the world. And the Bible says there's a second death that's a cast into the lake of fire where you'll be separated from God forever. And maybe you're here this morning and you'll say, well, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I recognize this morning that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And the reason Jesus Christ came is to seek and to save that which was lost. He says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And maybe you're here this morning and you just say, Pastor, just pray for me. I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. I'm not sure. If I were to die today, I'm not sure if I would be headed to heaven. Uh, but I'd like to know today, I'd like to know, uh, maybe here this morning, just say, Pastor, just pray for me. I won't call you out. I'll just simply pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning, just with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, just pray for me. I'm not saved. I need to know Christ is my Savior. Is there anyone here this morning? Anyone here? I don't see any hands. And maybe you're here this morning, Christian, and, and the Lord spoke to you about maybe a circumstance in your life or a circumstance in a, in a, in a friend's life, in, a, in another person's life. You just want to commit them to prayer. And So as we stand to our feet, no one looking around. As we stand to our feet, no one looking around. I might ask you to just uh, take some time this morning, maybe there at your seat or uh, here at the altar this morning. Maybe you're going through a circumstance. And you just say, Pastor, would you just pray for me? I just, just pray that I would trust the Lord through this. Just any hands this morning? Pastor, I'm going through something. I see that hand at the back. Anyone else? I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Just say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm just going through some unexpected news and I'm, I'm just troubled. Help, help me. Just pray for me that I would trust God. Anyone else this morning? See that hand there. And why don't, we, why don't we come to the altar this morning? If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to come. Maybe you need to pray for a friend. Maybe you know a friend who's going through some unexpected situations and you just pray that they would trust God through it. Why don't we take the time as a piano plays?